Welcome into a News for Jags podcast. I'm Jamal Saints here alongside Justin Barney, and it is officially the off season Ooh, for the man. Jags. Off season yep. is here, and thought we'd be in playoff week two and divisional round, talking about maybe a trip up to KC or something. But instead, it's off season. It's draft. It's free agency. It's housekeeping kind of stuff for the Jaguars. Jamal, not a not a fun nine and eight season. No, not the ending that the Jaguars were hoping for, or Jaguars fans. But that's what we're here for to try and navigate what is going to surely be a long and uh, grueling off season. A lot of questions around this team about what's next. So we're going to try and work through some of the early off season talking points. Uh, we'll talk about maybe a, a few hot topic free agents that we think would make sense. Uh, if there are any veterans that we would move on for, cut bait, and maybe open up some extra salary cap room for those moves. And uh, talk about some of the free agents that we think the Jaguars have to bring back or that maybe it's time to let walk. So we'll try and navigate through all of that right now, uh, one by one. So it, it's, this is going to be a little bit of a look-ahead podcast and also a little bit of projection because the Jaguars are still in the middle of that defensive coordinator search. So anything on the defense is still kind of a, a little bit of a projection on what the new D.C. is going to want to do and how the pieces will fit together with their scheme. Yeah, and you, we, we heard the news kind of leaking out, and Jacksonville is not publicly identifying guys they're targeting or interested in like some other teams are doing in, in terms of head coaching search. We've heard Jim Harbaugh's interview with a couple teams, Bill Belichick's interview with a couple teams, but the Jaguars have not announced anything uh, in that regard in terms of coordinators or anything they're targeting, but I know um, they've asked for permission. They've gotten uh, Brian Nielsen uh, permission to, to talk to him. Um, other guys in the in the area, and excuse me, other guys around the league have come into the area and interviewed and um, you know, and last week I said I'd rather a guy that has that defensive coordinator experience, um, like a Wink Martindale kind of guy, not necessarily him, but guys who have had that experience. So some of these guys are targeting, talking to, don't have that defensive coordinator experience. Yeah, there's a few. Um, I think the majority of the candidates do. You know, they've talked to Ijiro or requested to talk to Ijiro Ivaro. Uh, we're blocked. That's the only candidate at this point that's still blocked. Ryan Nielsen. Has he was a co-defensive coordinator for a year in New Orleans. Then he was the actual defensive coordinator in Atlanta last year. I'm a fan of Nielsen. Uh, he has a defensive line background. Uh, one of his beliefs is trying to figure out how to get pressure without having to send that extra help. And he has done a good job with defensive linemen over the year. Players have been fond of him. And he did a pretty good job in uh, in Atlanta. I think uh, Ryan Nielsen would be a rock star hire. He's at near the top of my list. They still haven't requested Leslie Frazier yet, but... Uh, he made it pretty clear he's hoping to get that head coaching gig, so I'm not sure he's going to want to take those interviews for a little while uh, if they want to wait that long. Marquette Manuel is another one that's on the list uh, who I think they're supposed to interview with. We're recording this on Wednesday. He's supposed to interview on Thursday. Uh, he w was a defensive coordinator mm -hmm. at one point. Right now he's a defensive back coach. Um, not, I, not saying no, but he does have some connections to Doug Peterson in their past. He is a former player, so he would be interested. I'm pretty sure he's a former Florida Gator, right. actually. Right. Um, so there's only a couple that have no D.C. experience. Chris Hewitt from from Baltimore is uh, their defensive passing game coordinator. He doesn't have any D.C. experience, and I feel like there's one or two more out there that don't have it. But the, the majority of their candidates have been a D.C. at one point or another in their career. It'll be really interesting to see just where they land on and who, who they end up hiring. I, like I said, I'm a Ryan Nielsen guy. I think that a guy who has such a history as a teacher, um, especially a teacher on the defensive line, a place where 
in a minute we're going to definitely dive into saying the Jaguars have to improve on that defensive line. So you bring in a guy like that who that's his specialty and and see if he can make it work. Well, I think you need the bodies, though, too. And, and you know, scheme and everything is fine to have. But I do think you need some girth. You need some. He didn't have bodies in Atlanta last year, and they were compa- pretty com- They He had old man Calais. Yeah. That was that was like their their premier free agent signing was bringing in Calais Campbell, who's what like fifty. Like <laughs> nothing against Calais, I think bringing the mayor back to Jacksonville so he could finish out his career would still be a fantastic thing to do for the fan base and for the culture in the locker room that they're trying to build. Uh, but just wanted to to throw that out there that you know look they did he doesn't have this spectacular defensive line in Atlanta. It's really like Grady Jarrett and some random pieces around him, and Jarrett's kind of long in the tooth too. Right. So, yeah. And. Kind of the same thing Jags had this year. They don't have a, a lot of meat on that defensive line. Of course, you have Trayvon Walker when he's got his hand in the dirt. But um, it, I, it, to me, I just lean more towards guys who've got that D.C. experience before. And, you know, I know Jamal and you and I have talked about being a proponent of the guys, get them before they kind of morph into that head coach candidate, get them before they're stars. And that could certainly be the case with a guy like a Nielsen or um, sounds like Antonio Pierce is going to stay in Vegas. Yep, sounds um, like he is. That takes know, Patrick Graham, who was another right. guy on my list. So yeah. I know that those guys out there were um, guys you had your eyes on. But Jacksonville needs an infusion of talent as well. And we'll talk about that in a minute in terms of guys who could uh, we'd like to see come here in the offseason. But, yeah, new D.C., and some new talent on that D-line. All right, so let's start with the players that are currently on the roster and currently under contract. So the Jaguars have a number of different veteran players that maybe didn't necessarily perform up to the level of expectation this past season. So with the disappointment around the team also comes change. The Jaguars don't have a ton of cap space. They do have some right now. I think they're projected to be at $12 million going into next season. Uh, yeah, yeah. So they can free up some a lot of space very right. easily. So that's that's just this is just a projection because next year's cap number isn't solidified yet. But they can free up a bunch of space going into next season if they want to. So let's talk about some of the veteran guys that maybe it's time to move on from. Uh, and you know it's always hard to say goodbye. And right. I, I think we have to be careful with this because look, here's the one thing I want to preface with this is that a lot of the guys were playing with injuries that they were playing through. Remember, like Zay Jones. Zay Jones was playing through a pretty serious knee injury, Mm -hmm. one that the only way it's going to heal is with time, and during the season there isn't time. Christian Kirk ended up on injured reserve, but he had been playing with a a lower level of that same injury for weeks. So to take that into account that some of these guys were playing through pretty serious injuries, like Brandon Sheriff, who's one of the guys we definitely will talk about, has been banged up all season right. long. Um, but I think that's part of the conversation with him is can he stay healthy at this point in his career? Uh, so, all right. So let's go through some of the guys that would make sense. Um, I think both of us have uh, this Jaguar salary cap stuff in right. front of us. So there, there are some high-priced guys here. I think some of the most frequently talked about guys to move on from are Rayshon Jenkins, uh, Cam Robinson, Brandon Sheriff, and Foley Fatukasi. Exactly. Uh, those are the ones that are normally are thrown around. Yep. Are those the, Are you th- yep. there on all of them? Yeah, Rayshon, you're looking at a $12 million cap hit, and he's got some dead money, too, uh, that would need to be worked out. I mean, we're talking Brandon Sheriff as well. Um, Roy Robertson-Harris, another uh, dead cap, $11 million there. But, again, he would free up a chunk of, uh, of space, too, on the roster. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think we're pretty much in agreement on guys who – uh, just looking at their salary number, their contributions, um, 
I probably should not be on this roster next year. So I'm not I'm not against I think Brandon Sheriff, if you cut Brandon, he needs to be a training camp cut. Because if you cut him before pre June first, you end up with fourteen million dead, but you save nine million. But if you cut him post June first, which could be in training mm-hmm. camp, all of a sudden they save sixteen million dollars. Right. So that doesn't help you a whole lot in free agency. Uh, but it, it does give you that avenue to move on from Sheriff if you need to. Um, so I would hold off. I'd slow the pace on him a little bit. Um, Cam Robinson, I think they either have to redo his deal or it's time to let him walk. And, and we've talked um, about this multiple times. I mean, the going into this season, the premise was you draft Anton, you let him get his uh, his his live bullets, live ammo for a year, and you move him to left tackle. That was the that was what. The understanding was going into this year, and it did not work out that way because the team was a different offense when Cam Robinson was not in that lineup. They tried it with Walker Little, not the same effect. Cam's issue was his availability. Missed eight games this season, a combination of suspension and injuries, and I just don't think you can move on from Cam Robinson at this point. Um, it's not to say that a year from now you move, you, you kind of move forward to Anton Harrison and maybe a draft pick, but – Right now, I think you got to bring back Cam. You restructure Cam to lessen that cap hit. Um, you don't cut him because that's a huge dead money, uh, dead cap hit right there. So I think you got to restructure Cam and uh, kick some of that down the line and, and bring him back next year. You just you, you give up too much by not bringing Cam back and replacing him with uh, a Walker Little type. I agree with you. I think there's a yeah, they have to figure out a way to bring Cam back, but you can't bring him back under the current no, circumstances. No, at all. Um, because cutting Cam right now would free up $17 million to just $3 million of dead space, and they need that sort of cap right. space to improve the team. So if you can redo his contract, extend him, make sure that he retires here, great, uh, but you can't bring him back under the current context. Um, now, I, I 100% agree it's time to, for Foley to move on. Uh, I think that was a missing free agency. Right. Uh, they've Overall, the Doug Peterson-Trent Balky combination has done pretty good bringing in veteran mm-hmm. free agents, but uh, they've missed on a couple of guys. Weighted so, heavily from that first class. Yes, weighted heavily from that first class. that was a fantastic class. Um, so here's the guy that I didn't mention initially that I think it's time that I think we have to have a deeper conversation about. Britain Strange? Uh, <laughs> we're not quite there yet. They can't save any money with that one. Darius Williams. Uh, look, he play, he started, played fantastic for the Jaguars, was arguably the best corner this year, uh, but he's getting long in the tooth. He's up there. I know he's from Jacksonville, Creekside guy, a little bit of a touchy subject there, but if they cut him, they save $10 million. Yeah. Just like that. And if I'm not mistaken, Darius Williams is going to be 31 when the season rolls around. Corners don't exactly have the longest of shelf lives. So... There has to be a discussion there. And Darius is, I mean, they've made it clear, at least by his play here in Jacksonville, he has to play on the outside. You know you have Tyson, who's there. And one of the things, this is way too early, and we're not going to dive too heavily into the draft, but when the Jaguars are on the clock, there's a very good chance that they could have one of the top corners in the draft sitting there for them on the clock at that time just because of how the draft it looks like it's going to shake out with quarterbacks heavy, right. wide receivers going early as well, uh, and even some of the offensive tackles. So they could have their pick of the litter of the cornerbacks in this class. Plus there are some decent cornerbacks on the street and free agency that maybe you can go younger, get more physical, and upgrade that position in a, in a different way. Um, so I think that it might be time to move on from Darius at Ooh, the end of this offseason. Man, that's tough right there. Tough, tough great season for Darius. He did. Their best corner. 
Um, without him on that outside, there was no stability. Tyson was a little erratic. But, yeah, when you're talking about a guy who's making $10 million and his contract is structured so Jacksonville can get out of it with just a $500,000 dead money hit, that's unbelievable for that tier of player. So, yeah, I think it is something you got to consider. Can you get a younger, cheaper, more cost-effective guy? Is that guy currently on the roster, a la Monteric, a la Greg Jr.? Do they take steps? Um you know, Trey Herndon's baked in there as a nickel. Antonio Johnson, you could probably stick Antonio in that secondary for Rayshon. So there could be some things on the team that Jacksonville just subs guys in and out. But, yeah, the Darius Williams on paper with his dead money charge, it absolutely looks like Jacksonville could move on. I'd hate to see him move on from him because he's had two very good years in Jacksonville and brought stability to that cornerback room. Uh, but, yeah, certainly with that the salary cap number, the money they could save, or, or he could be a restructure guy too. But I think, yeah, just on the surface, uh, Darius is a candidate to, to not be a Jacksonville this year. So here's the thing, and this is one thing that I always like to preface because I know some people throw out these, they, they look at it like fantasy football, and it's just names on a paper and dollar signs. I want you to remind everybody that we're also moving on from years of experience mm-hmm. here. And why that's important is the same reason it's important in any job. You can't just get rid of too much experience at one time because then that makes a difference in the in the culture that you're building, that right. makes a difference in the locker room, that makes a difference on the team. So I want to be very careful with the guys we move on from and the guys we try and keep. And that's why I think they're never going to just file swoop and move on from all of these guys and say, oh, here's all this cap space. We're going to start from scratch again. Because then they feel like they've had nine one seasons back right. to back. They're not that far off from where they want to be, um, even though they are. They do have a lot of work to do. And a lot of the guys that we are talking about are leaders in that locker room in one way, shape, or form or another. One of the reasons why we keep saying they got to keep Cam around. Cam will save them a bunch of money if they right. could move on. And more than just the play on the field, he is a leader in the locker room off the field. Right. So uh, that is just as important. And sometimes you got to pay a little extra for that leader. I mean, one of the things they said, I not, I'll never forget, when they signed Brandon Sheriff, the wording that they used was he was a culture setter. They brought, they said he's a culture setter. So he's come to help set the culture. He's a leader in the locker room, a veteran who can do it, a one that these young players can model themselves after. And now it might be time to move on from that. Maybe he's helped to set the culture, and you hope that it can maintain without him. You can't keep every right. every guy who's a veteran, but you can't move on from all of them at one time either. Yeah, yeah, and you got to pay for that culture builder too. Yes. And, and that's what um, you mentioned about when they signed him. Brandon Sheriff was that culture builder. You signed him for that. Yeah, he was a uh, maybe a top seven guard in the league when you got him, but I think you overpaid in a sense because he's a guy that can infuse that offensive line with some knowledge. You hope the guy's playing next to him. Uh, uh, Luke Fortner uh, and Anton Harrison could benefit from a little bit of that. Um, I just think from a guy like a sheriff, yes, you pay for that culture and that physicality and that, um, you know, that enthusiasm, whatever you want to call it, you pay for that too. But again, Brandon Sheriff, I think is, has almost the good example of this is almost, uh, I don't know if he's worth $21 million in, in a sense of um, his salary and what you're getting from him uh, at this stage in his career. To me, he's a guy that could, uh, you know, could possibly even be moved or restructured in this offseason. He's actually $23 million uh, cap hit this year. Um, so that's just insane for Brandon Sheriff to occupy that much of Jacksonville's roster. 
um, salary cap. And to me, I, I think he's regressed a little bit in town. Despite what he's brought to the team, I do think it's a production-based business, and he's just not been that in that next upper crust of guard. So I think do think he's a candidate that they could uh, look at moving on from. All right, so let's talk about the Jaguars' free agents now. So the Jaguars have a few high-priced ones. I don't think we have to go down the Josh Allen route because I think um, – the only thing I think is worth the conversation with Josh Allen, because I think that this one's enough said. He, he has to be back. Um, you franchise tag him, in my opinion. Okay. Because I don't think I think his contract. I think he's earned enough money that you're going to need a little bit more time to get it done. Because if I'm his agent and his agent has and he's earned this, he's going to come in asking for the richest contract that an edge has ever got. Right. And Trent Baalke can't just come in and say yes. Here it is. So there's going to be some negotiation and jostling back and forth. Uh, to get that number down a little bit and some some give and go. I franchise tag him. I look at it like I just don't want you to talk to anybody else. This isn't a slap in the face. You have to do it again. But I need more time to work on this deal with you, the specifics of this this sort of expensive contract. Uh, just my take. That's what, that's how I look at the franchise tag with him, and that's why I, I lock it up. But I think Josh is a, is a no-brainer. Um, is there another Jaguars free agent that you say the Jags have to get back? Oh man, I mean a lot of their lot of their free agents are those depth kind of guys. I mean the Shatleys, the Trey Herndons, those guys, the Dewan Smoots, um, Jamal Agnew. You know, I don't know if you bring Jamal back this year, even though he's been a great kick returner. He's going to cost a little bit of money. He's had some serious injuries. Caleb on chase on, he's gone. Um, but I do think you need some of these guys back as depth pieces. I don't think you just completely uh, throw the baby out with the bathwater kind of thing. I mean, Josh is going to be the big ticket guy. Um, Calvin Ridley's going to be another guy. Do you sign him? Um, but I, you know, I don't know if Calvin is is a must bring back. You know, you lose the ability to have a second-round pick either in this year's draft or next year's draft if you bring back Calvin Ridley as part of that deal with the Falcons. Um, so I look at this as more of depth issues. I think Trey Herndon's a guy you bring back. Shatley's a guy you bring back. Uh, Ezra Cleveland's a guy you bring back. Really just guys to me who are depth kind of pieces. Daniel Thomas, those kind of guys. I don't think there are any must-bring-backs with the exception of a Josh um, for Jaguars free agents. I just don't see it. De- depth pieces – um, you know, guys like last year, Dewey, you bring him back. Um, Trey Herndon, bring him back. I think those guys are kind of the, the makeup of Jacksonville. And you see those guys got a lot of playing time this year due to injuries, those free agent kind of guys. Yeah, the only guy that I think is a uh, – I would sign. Uh, well, I would I would try to retain Ridley. Same. But I, I think that retaining him is difficult. If The only way I can see you can retain Calvin is if you can sign Josh outright. If you can get his deal done, if they're working right now – and they can get it done by the time free agency before free agency starts, ideally, because you don't want him to be able to t- talk to other teams. Is fr- okay it, in that yeah. case, you're franchising Calvin, right? I'd franchise Calvin. Is he worth what it's going to cost? Top five, top ten receiver money in the league for Calvin Ridley right now? No, I don't think so. I don't think he is either. But here's the thing: I think that the Jaguars can't afford to regress at that position. Um, and if you let Calvin walk, then built in you have Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. Right. And then you either go to the free agent market and do you try and throw throw the bank at T. Higgins or Mike Evans? Or if those guys it, are available. If yeah. those guys become available, because that is a big if. Or do you say, okay, well, we're going to let Calvin walk and then we're going to go back with Christian, Zay, and a rookie? 
uh, I would feel a whole lot more comfortable if we were talking about Christian Calvin Zay and a rookie. Absolutely. Um, so, no, I don't necessarily think he is I, – I don't. I wouldn't want to tie it up there, but I don't think the Jaguars have another option I think, right now. I think at that position, um, you know, Calvin said in the locker room when they were cleaning out the, the day after the loss to Tennessee how – he felt that he did not have as much chemistry with Trevor as a Zay and a Christian, and it showed. And he thought he would be better as a Jaguar his second year in the system with that chemistry. So, to me, I don't know if Calvin is that franchise number one receiver. I think we saw this year in 17 games he was a very good receiver, 1,000-yard receiver, um, but he wasn't that big, huge home run play. He wasn't a guy in Jacksonville just doesn't have that big home run play, that big bodied receiver uh, on the outside, that 6'4 guy that's going to go up in traffic and rip the ball out of somebody's hand. They don't have that. They need that. A T. Higgins type body is that player. So to me, would it, if in a, in a vacuum, if I had a Calvin Ridley um, and a rookie, or if I had T. Higgins um, alone, I would take the DA. T. Higgins because he's that big-bodied receiver. If I'm, if I'm, if I could sign one guy, money, I, money close, you know, because T. is going to get number one money. Calvin's going to get number one money. Um, so I take T. and and a rookie as opposed to Calvin coming that's, back. That's fair enough. Um, I would try and go get a rookie. I'm. I think they try. You got to get, get a rookie, rookie either got way. To. Um, the question is whether that's a first or a second round pick, uh, but they do have other holes. So, uh, look, I'd like to find a way to retain Calvin. I think it's just going to be very difficult. I don't think they're going to afford to give up that second round pick. Actually, let me rephrase. Trent Baalke considers draft picks like his children. <laughs> he ain't giving up a second round pick for nothing. Okay? Uh, look, look how many draft picks he made last year. Those are, those are his. He ain't giving up a second round pick. He's not paying more for Calvin than he feels like he has to. If Calvin's coming back, I'm willing to stand on it. It's because he gets franchise tagged or transition tagged or whatever tag they put on him so that way they can wait until after the draft to sign him to a deal. Yeah, it's, um, I just think it's going to be a ton of money yes. for a receiver that is maybe a top 15 guy. But I think that was the plan originally was to – so I think they were already – this was built into their plan for the future was that, oh, Calvin's going to go and have this – season and we're going to franchise tag him and then we'll figure out if we want to keep him long term the year after mm-hmm. um i think that was the plan uh, that that's my belief right now but maybe they let him walk maybe somebody throws a deal at him and he walks and then they take the comp pick and and they move on with life uh the free agent that i would key on to keep jamal agnew i think jamal agnew in the return game is dynamic i don't think he's going to cost you a ton hmm. Okay. Um, but that spark that you – how many games have we watched where the Jaguars needed a spark and all of a sudden it was a kickoff return or a punt return from Jamal Agnew? Right. And next thing you know, the team's storming back. So I I would try and keep Jamal Agnew. Um, I would try and get his role on the offense downsized a little bit right. because I would build that receiver room up. But I would try and keep Jamal Agnew primarily as a kickoff returner. Jamal Agnew, okay. Yes. A little bit, yes. you know, and, and maybe they did not see enough in – you know, Parker Washington, I think potential has a potential to be a serviceable kick returner. He's no Jamal Agnew, yep. but you know we are talking uh, serious. I mean, Jamal Agnew's a veteran in the league. He's going to be able to get a a, a floor level contract somewhere. Yes. Um, and you really look at him. I I think Jacksonville, due to a dearth of playmakers and stuff, they've tried to include Jamal Agnew too much in the offense yes. over the last two or three years. 
Um, and he just—he's just not that guy at receiver. I they, think you leave him—you leave him returning kicks, and you know you throw him a bone offensively here and there. But he's been too big of a part of the offense. I don't want to see him doing right it, it, being thrown plays. He's been targeted ten times, and Christian or Calvin Ridley's been targeted six. I just don't want to see that. And keep in mind, he had surgery for the broken leg, so. How long is he going to be sidelined dealing with that? And that's probably going to keep the price on retaining him down a little mm-hmm. bit. So similar to maybe a Dewan Smoot from last year. Right. So I would try and uh, try and keep a Jamal Agnew. All right, let's switch gears to maybe some some faces outside of the organization that would make sense. I think we agree on the positions of need for the Jaguars. They have to improve the interior offensive line. We talked about moving on from Brandon Sheriff, which means they need two guards and a center Oof. somewhere between free agency and the draft. They also we also both said we think they need to bring in a large bodied wide receiver yes. some way somehow which maybe free agency there are options and there's also a lot of options in the draft. I think I lean a little bit more towards using an early pick on a on a large wide receiver in the draft than paying one, but that's just where I'm at right now. Um and then defensive wise, the defensive line needs to improve, cornerback needs to improve. If you're moving on from Rayshon Jenkins, are you really sold that Antonio Johnson is your starter at safety? Right. Um, there, there are a number of different places that the Jaguars can improve. So when you start looking out there at free agents, keep in mind you're paying for these guys, right. um, and none of them are gonna. None, none of the good ones that have been there, done that, and don't have question marks are gonna come cheap. Yeah, so, yeah. It's. I mean, you look at the free agents, especially in the guards and the centers <coughs> and the tackle. I mean, there's just not a lot out there in terms of guys that are going to be affordable in free agency, and that's the problem of a class like you had two years ago. When you get that heavy contribution from free agent class, well, those guys come with big salaries attached to them and not like the draft, and Jacksonville was drafted poorly historically, and you've just not been able to fill a lot of those positions with cheap bodies for four years. and. Um, you're going to have to pay for some of these guys unless you hit it right in the draft, and I'm not convinced they do that. No, uh, so they're going to have to spend some more money, <clears throat> which is one of the things that the Jaguars have had a problem with. Like when you look at the rebuild the Lions did, they were in a similar position to the Jaguars just a couple of years ago, and now they are winning a playoff game and they look like a very different spot. But they didn't go for high-priced free agents. They went more for volume. Mm-hmm. They turned over that team almost from top to bottom, rather than spending on the high-priced guys similar to what the Jaguars did, who felt like they already had young talent in place and just needed to go, needed to get some of the the upper-level, upper-crust players, or at least mid-tier players, to get closer to where they have elite guys. Um, So it's worked for them. The Jaguars, again, maybe are rethinking some of their decisions, but there are some big questions here. So as you kind of peruse through that free agent list here, Justin, um, if you want to key on a position, I can bring some of them up over here. Or if if there's one guy that sticks out, I mean, you already mentioned T. Higgins. If that's your one guy, give me give me one free agent that uh, you think the Jaguars should go after and just find a way to get the deal done. Uh, to me, it's it's got to be T. Higgins, and I don't the receivers command insane kind of deals and you know there's no guarantee that T is not going to be tagged of some kind not going to get an extension from the Bengals but he is that big body receiver 6'4 guy you know and you look at a Mike Evans but again he's on the wrong side of uh, the odometer in terms of uh, the birthday 
So you're going to have to pay out the wazoo for a T. Higgins and hope that you can lane him. I mean, he's that number one guy in waiting. He's ready for a team to, to take over that. And, again, he's that big-bodied guy that I think you need. That would allow uh, – that would be significant investment out of receiving core. That would now include um, – Possibly Calvin Ridley coming back, sure. Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, and T. Higgins. I mean, if Trevor Lawrence can't lead the league in uh, passing touchdowns or something with that group, something is wrong. Uh, but to me, that's that's what you're missing. That's what you have been missing for a little bit of time is that bona fide, just alpha dog. And I do think with a T. Higgins, Mike Evans kind of guy, that's who you get. But I, my preference would be T. Higgins. So I, I think that you go T if you're going to go that route. Um I'm not sure that T is going to be available. We'll see. Uh, and if he is, I'm not sure that the Jags are going to have the disposable income and want to invest. And that's the like problem. That. That's the problem. Because that's a lot of money invested at receiver if you are already paying Christian Kirk and then you pay T. So I'm, I'm going to go a little bit of a different direction there because I think, um, again, I'd like to keep Calvin Ridley. If not, I'd address receiver in the draft as a really good receiver draft. Um, so I think they could get a guy like a – an A.D. Mitchell from uh, Texas would be fantastic. Um, there's a couple other guys that I, that I like. Uh, I like Brendan Rice, Jerry Rice's kid from USC. I think he's pretty good. Um, but we'll dive more into that as we get closer to the draft. Um, but free agent wise, I got a couple of guys that I'm going right. to throw, throw at you. All right, let's start uh, with it, with guard. I like Robert Hunt from Miami. Big right guard, nasty, 6'6", 335. Jaguars need bigger guys in that interior. Um, he's been good for them. The Dolphins don't have a ton of cap space to work with. Uh, he would solidify that right guard spot. And if you're going to keep Anton on that right side, now all of a sudden when you need something, you feel pretty good about where your right side's at. And you got to figure out the left and center still. Um, but I would go after uh, Robert Hunt, and I think they're they're projecting him to get maybe a four-year, $70 million deal, which is a pretty hefty deal yeah. for a guard. Um, but I think you feel pretty good about where where you're at with him if you sign him. Yeah, and you bolster the trenches, and to me that's number one goal in this offseason, offensive-defensive line, um, and again, receiver too. But T. Higgins, Mike Evans' kind of salary is going to be cost-prohibitive for right. a team like the Jags. Um, and, again, you've got the Calvin Ridley um, leverage there, too. You bring him back. Um, so, yeah, I think it's cost disposal. But I think you've got to get better on the lines. I don't know much about uh, about him as a free agent, um, but I trust you, Jamal. Yeah, look, look, <laughs> look I like Robert Hunt. Here's, here's what you need to know. The, the Dolphins had one of the best rushing attacks in the league last they did. year, and they ran behind Robert Hunt a whole lot. So uh, if, if it worked for them, you bring him here to Jacksonville. He's already in Florida. He yeah. likes the Florida life. Just move up to Jacksonville. It's all good. So I think Robert Hunt would be a really good one. Uh, I got a name that we've talked about on the podcast around the trade deadline. How about Josh Uche? Yeah. Uh, he's an edge rusher. Um, one of the things that I, I really hope that this new defensive coordinator will decide to finally do is on passing downs move Trayvon Walker inside. Yes. I think Trayvon Walker is still a mainstay on your defense, but you'd like to see him slide inside on passing downs and really bolster that pass rush. Um, if they do that, then you have to have somebody line up outside and help get the pass rush. Right now they've had Caleb on chase on. You see Abdullah, we have no idea where he's at because right. he hasn't been able to play. Uh, but a Josh Uche, uh, you can probably get him for a one-year flyer kind of deal, almost like the Evan Ingram. I think the projected contract I have in front of me is one-year $7 million. Um, he's an undersized guy, but he's a pure pass rusher. Uh, not going to give you a whole lot in the run game, but he gives you that speed rush around the edge. And if you've got Josh on one side, Trayvon trying to slice through the middle, and uh, 
another Josh on the other side, I think you feel pretty good about where your defensive line group is at. You I got like pretty it. good bones. That's two. That's two good moves on the line. And you, I mean, you gotta you gotta address those. Those to me, you know, the T Higgins is probably a splat more of a splash pick than than anything since you do have the Calvin Ridley option. But yeah, getting better on the offensive and defensive line since they didn't do it in the draft last year beyond the first round. Um, Abdullah was, you know, who he's an enigma. Nobody knows what he's about. He was inactive for quite a few games. I mean, is he that guy? You know, Trent talked about him in the uh, after the draft. Say he's kind of a he's kind of that fastball guy. He's kind of that guy that can do that. He's got that one speed, and we just didn't see that this year. So maybe he's a guy that they can uh, unlock something from. But uh, with what you got coming back, you need some reinforcements. All right, I got one more for you, and this one's a little bit of a dark horse. So I talked about maybe moving on from Darius Williams because he's getting long in the tooth. But here's this one, and we're, and we're going to do this as, as a, a kind of look ahead to uh, another guy that's long in the tooth, Stephon Gilmore. Oh, man. So um, he's an older guy, but his skill set is different from Darius's. So I think part of the change for the new D.C. might be playing more man coverage. Uh, and in order to do that, the Jaguars have to rework that secondary. Tyson can survive in man coverage when he's healthy. Yep. Darius, probably not as much. So... You go and get a guy who's a man coverage specialist, and you take him on a one-year flyer. You you get a you get a a, a one-year contract. You bring Stephon Gilmore in. Uh, I think the projected contract they got here is one year, ten million dollars. Um, yeah, so you bring you bring an old man Gilmore, former defensive player of the year, right. great guy for Tyson Campbell to learn from for a year or two, uh, and that helps to change your secondary. And as I mentioned early on, the draft is rolling around. The Jaguars could have their pick of the litter. Uh, for corners in that first round spot, so maybe they pick a corner there at that spot, and next thing you know, now you've got that corner playing slot for a year. Then when Stephon Gilmore moves on, you move him outside, and you just got to figure out the nickel. Yeah, that's right. So, so, so three uh, moves, I like them. I like them. So re- reworking a few things and and moving forward, uh, th- those are just a couple couple of, of things that would make sense, and none of these really broke the bank. Maybe Robert Hunt was the most expensive of the of the three. Uh, throwing out there. So the Jaguars definitely have some flexibility and things they can do uh, because they will be an attractive landing spot. Players like Doug Peterson, many of the defensive coordinators they've been interviewing are well thought of around the league by players. Uh, So that will be attractive as well. I mean, look, and Jacksonville is not a terrible place to play. Look, no no, uh, state income tax for those guys, so that always makes a difference. So I think we'll see a few moves uh, going on around out there. But the, I think the biggest questions are the ones about the Jaguars' own roster right now more than the free agents. Yeah, and there are so many questions on the roster, a lot of um, financial implications. I think guys you would move on from with, uh, with if salary cap or dead money was not an issue. I mean, look at the Broncos situation with Russell Wilson. You're, you're sunk as a franchise with that type of money. And, and Jacksonville, while not in that situation, you are kind of hamstrung by guys like a Brandon Sheriff or a Devon Hamilton who have these massive contracts and have just have not played up to that or have you seen the play slide a little bit. So, um, yeah, I, I think they've not done a good job drafting and developing. And, yes, that free agent class two years ago was fantastic. But, again, it's an expensive class to hang on to um, as we get into these uh, later years of those deals. So, um yeah, I, I think you've got to have a slam dunk draft this year for sure. You've got to hit on that first round pick at 17. You've got to hang on to the pick number two and do something with that. No more Brenton Strange picks in the second round. 
you got to do something well with this draft. Yeah, we'll see how it all shakes out. Um, it's going to be an interesting offseason, but that's maybe our first early look at free agency. We'll talk more about that as it creeps up because free agency doesn't roll around until March. Ooh. So uh, going to be a slow grind through this one, but we'll keep you up to date with everything uh, here on the News for Jags podcast. Thanks for hanging out with us, and we'll see you again next time. <laughs>